You are listening to the 12 Days of Crusade Miss 2020, brought to you by the Longbox Crusade. This episode is sponsored by Omaha Bound Entertainment. Omaha Bound is your best choice for hardbinding those special comics in your collection. The guys over at Omaha Bound do only the best, high quality binding, and this might be the best part. They custom design every cover, so every single hardcover they design is unique. In short, when you get your comics hardbound with Omaha Bound, you'll know that you have a truly one-of-a-kind collection. And, and I'm, I'm going to be honest with you here. I don't know if the high-quality binding is the best part. I think the best part is probably because Jared has a lot of their stuff from Omaha Bound, and he's fancy. That's what I think. Jared, is that true? Verified, 100%. Okay, absolutely. Right. They, both On both fronts. They do a great job, and I'm fancy. Gotcha. So both things are true. Good, good. All of this is available on their website, which is omahabound.com. Treat yourself and those special comics just right. Go to omahabound.com today. Somebody done been to the Walmart. Man, that's just the stuff I got for Christmas. Well, you cleaned up, what'd you get? Five flannel shirts. Four big mud tires, three shotgun shells, two hunting dogs, and some parts to a Mustang GT. You got Jeff first 12 days to Christmas. I know that. I got it covered. Look over in the corner. That's yours, too? Yeah, 12 pack of Bud, 11 wrestling tickets, 10 of Copenhagen, 9 years probation, 8 table dancers, 7 packs of Red Man, 6 cans of Spam. My tires, three shotgun shells, two hunting dogs, and some parts to a Mustang GT. Man, these ain't normal Christmas presents. No, oh, they're redneck gifts. Redneck gifts? Yeah, you know, like if you buy your wife earrings that double as fishing lures, or if you convert the entire chorus of jingle bells. Perhaps if you think the nutcracker is something you did off of a high dive, or if you've ever misspelled anything in Christmas lights. Or if you leave cold beer and pickled eggs for Santa Claus. What's wrong with that? I didn't say anything wrong with it. It's hard to beat. 12 pack of Bud, 11 wrestling tickets, 10 of Copenhagen, 9 years probation, 8 table dancers, 7 packs of red men, 6 cans of bath. Four big mud tires, three shotgun shells. Seven ticks a ticking. Hello, and welcome to the seventh day of the 12 Days of Crusademus for 2020, brought to you by the Longbox Crusade. The 12 Days of Crusademus is our gift to the podcast community to celebrate the holiday season. And we're celebrating this joyous season by sharing with you some comic book titles that may have gotten by you in the past. Each day of the 12 Days of Crusademus will bring you a hidden gem of a comic series brought to you either by one of our holly jolly co-hosts, or one of our podcast celebrity guests until we get all the way to December 25th, Christmas Day. I'm your host for this seventh day of Crusade, Ms. Delvin Williams, a.k.a. the Best of Web. And here are the three candy canes. It's different from the candy canes at the end. Just trust me on that. Joining me for today's unwrapping. First up, we have the founder of the Longbox Crusade. Some people call him DJ Cristados. I am fortunate enough to call him Pat Sampson. Pat, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Delvin. Merry Christmas. And just remember, just a spoon full of sugar will help the medicine go down mm, got in this festive Christmas time. Spoon. It's a nice word to say. It just sounds good yeah. coming off the... It rolls off my tongue. Yeah. yeah. 
Absolutely. I agree. Like saboteur. <laughs> Spoonator. <laughs> Nobody says saboteur like that. <laughs> Moving on, because I know we can get carried away quickly. It's kind of our thing. We will also be talking with Jared Albrecht, the Yarta artist. Sometimes don't ask. Death Pro. Merry Christmas, Jared. Merry Christmas, Delvin. You might be asking yourself, why am I dressed up like Cindy Lou Who? And, you know, the first answer might be because it's Christmas time and, you know, the Grinch is still Christmas. It's famous around these times. But no, I just, I like, I like the way it feels. I was going to say because it was Wednesday. Yeah, you're correct. You're correct. (laughs) It's a Wednesday. Uh, Tomorrow, I'm planning on dressing up like the, remember the dog from the cartoon where he like just ties an antler to his head? That's what I'm going to do tomorrow. But for today, it's Sydney Lou Who and I feel, uh, I feel pretty. Mm. Nothing wrong with feeling pretty and witty. Yeah. (laughs) Moving on, we have none other than the Weasel Skull himself, Jason Albrecht. Jason, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, Delvin. Merry Christmas, Pat. Merry Christmas, Jeff. Hey, 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 hey. Or ho, 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 as I say. I'll take it over from here, Weasel Skull. I see we've got uh, mini probes back up there. How you doing, mini probe? Merry Merry Christmas, Sean. Krispy Kreme donuts. Looking good, Krispy Kreme. Oh, thank you, Sean. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) Trimmed that beard a little bit, it looks like. I did. You cleaned it up nice. Cleaned it up Mm -hmm. nice. Uh, Black guy, whatever your name is, the jujitsu kung fu kid. I don't know. I don't have a name. I, I don't know. No. Yeah, sure. you need to you need to sort yourself out there, son. Right, I will. Right there. I will. And then, uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute here. Who's that fella over there with the dog? Who let a dog into the studio? Who? What? What's your what? name, son? What is your name? Some call him Old Man Warren. What was it before you changed it? <laughs> Which time? <laughs> and with that, I take my Academy Award. You see it here. You see it here. And I bid you all adieu. Be careful on that eggnog over there. I might have uh, spiced it up a little. Sean Connery is like the Twinkie Come of this podcast. I, I, I hate it, but I love it at the same time. <laughs> all right. Yeah. And with- Sorry about that, guys. He does that to me. Somehow, I think we've been really bad, and now we're getting like, he's like the coal that (laughs) shows up at the bottom of the stocking. Yeah, you know. But like a coal, if you put enough pressure on it, it becomes a diamond. Diamonds are forever. (laughs) (laughs) John, go check on Clinton in the basement, please. (laughs) That guy smells funny. And also joining us around the fire with hot cocoa in hand is our very special guest for this episode. You probably know him from his tabletop gaming podcast, Cast Dice. It's Brad Morin. Brad, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, guys. It's awesome to be here. It's it's uh, it's a little strange being down under. I'm in my shorts and T-shirt and throwing my shrimp on the Barbie. But, uh, you know, growing up in Boston, I do miss a good white Christmas. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, I think Jared's got that taken care of right now. Jared, put your top back on. Jared's got you covered. I thought we were topless. He meant outside, the whiteness outside. We were getting close to a white Christmas right there. I thought we were taking our shirts off. I misread that. Jared's working hard for some Patreon dollars. (laughs) All the access, as Pat would say. All the access. All the access. (sighs) Brad. Welcome. And first, quick question to the listening audience. Do you want a guest slot on next year's Crusademus? 
Just make sure that you're a Crusaders Club member by going to patreon.com slash longboxcrusade and join for as little as $1 a month. Then be on the lookout for our post looking for guests and just reply to it with your interest. Stay sharp. The Crusaders interest post usually shows up around April. And with that out of the way, let me ask Brad. Brad, what, what do you have gift wrap for us in that stocking over there? Uh, well, as you heard uh, in the singing intro, today is seven ticks a ticking, or as Pat was hinting at earlier, spoon. Every one of you gets a little spoon today, and uh, we'll explain what that means Ooh. in a little bit, which means that we are unwrapping one of my personal favorite books of all time. The Tick, number seven from New England Comics published in 1990. Now, let's talk a little bit about The Tick. I can't wait to hear what you guys think, because talking about The Tick with comic fans over the years, I get one of two reactions. Oh, yeah, awesome, The Tick, or what's wrong with you? So I can't wait to hear what you guys say, but let's get into The Tick as a whole. Now, The Tick was created by, at the time, high school student Ben Endlum as the mascot for one of his favorite hangouts, New England Comics back in 1986. Now, interestingly, I grew up in Boston and I used to go to New England comics and I remember the tick as the mascot. And then I moved to Japan. And when I moved back, I was surprised to see that it had its own comic and it had its name because before that, it was just the black and white picture that was on the on the posters on the wall at New England comics and in their ads. And it wasn't until later that I realized that he was blue. Anyway. Due to the popularity of his image and uh, some of the behind-the-scenes production issues of the comic, Enlin was asked to turn The Tick into a full comic book. And it actually took him a year and a half to develop it into the bizarre, satirical creation that it eventually became. The Tick ran periodically, I would say regularly, but that's not exactly accurately, through the late 80s, early 90s, and became a popular cartoon on the Fox network. Now, over the years, The Tick has continued in a variety of iterations both through comics and two live-action television shows. Uh, His creator used what he learned when writing the original cartoon to become a writer and producer on many TV series, including Firefly, Angel, Supernatural, The Venture Brothers, the live-action tick shows, and many, many others. And yeah, I just love The Tick. So some of the reasons why I think I love The Tick, in particular this book, I grew up, and as Pat and uh, Jared were in one of my episodes where we talked about the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic books. The original comic books aren't what we expect TMNT to be today. Now you think of as kid things, but there's swearing, there's blood, there's violence. It's ultra gritty. And I loved that. And I read the hell out of them as a kid. And the tick kind of felt like that to me because it was that black and white. It was sort of indie. It wasn't Marvel or DC. And I was reading a lot of like the Punisher, X-Men, books that had a grittier feel at the time. And the tick was just a wonderful break from that. It it was a welcome change. It felt cheerful. And this uh, satirical tone was really fun. And a lot of the characters were really familiar. For example, in the very first issue, the tick breaks out of a mental institution and follows around a character, a a guy that he sees on the street who he instantly recognizes as not Superman because he's the only one that recognizes Clark Kent with his glasses on. And he starts following him around and he starts becoming a reporter as well. And Clark Kent can't stand him and pushes him in front of trains and does all these other things, but he's invulnerable and, you know, pushes him off the ledge of a tall building and he lands. Anyway, so we have the Superman, there's Elektra, 
There's ninjas like the foot, tons of characters that we sort of identify from. And I think that's the other reason why I associate them with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, because they also had that ninja foot hand connection. Though slightly daft and spouting nonsensical heroic monologues using questionable metaphors, the Tick was always trying to do the right thing. He's indestructible and optimistic, and he doesn't let logic or reality get him down. The series starts, as I said, with him escaping from a mental institution, and he has no recollection of his past about that event. He's homeless, has no money, and sleeps on his sidekick's couch. Before that, we don't even know where he slept. For any other comic character, these would be issues to lament and work through. Heaven forbid, like, think what Peter Parker would do in that situation. He'd die. The Tick's positive attitude is as bulletproof as he is. Given the madness of 2020, I thought it was a good idea to bring the Tick on today because he's the hero that we might need a little more of right now. Though this issue barely shows the main characters of the series, the Tick's sidekick and best friend Arthur in particular, I chose it because it's a good standalone story that showcases the weird world of the Tick, and it's where the Tick coins his favorite battle cry, SPOON! And it's also the first appearance of a character that would be a spin-off to become a comic in their own right. Now, pop quiz, Hotshot. Which character from this book turned out to be its own standalone comic character? Now, anyone who does not know the Tick, who would like to take guess? Delvin, you're first. Who do you think got their own comic book after this? Ooh. <laughs> I have no idea. Take a guess. Take a while. How about, how about the uh, main mobster, the, the chairhead guy? Chairface Chairface Chippendale. Excellent guess. Weasel Skull, how about you, man? Who do you think? Well, I think the low-hanging fruit would be Arthur, but I'm going to go... I'm going to go a little radical and say that was Angus um, mm-hmm. Mac- McGuire. Yeah. Mac- McGuire. Angus McGuire. McGuire, yeah. Pat, how about you? I'm going to go with Jason on that. Two cool guys. Nice. Picking Angus McCracken. <laughs> McGuire. That's my other name, Angus McCracken. So. Not what Philly. was it before Not you changed it? <laughs> just cracking. Just cracking. What's crack When it was just cracking, then <sighs> I changed it to Mike. Got it. Jared, what do you what do you think? Who's the spin-off character? I saw someone I recognized in the background. Yes. I saw the flaming <laughs> carrot yeah. in the background of one of the panels, and I know he got his own series. So that's that is a on. nod that's not actually uh, a New England comic character. So that's just a uh, one of those Easter eggs. Good catch though. Ah well, um, well then um <laughs> McCracken. <laughs> I, I, my, I was going to guess the detective guy, the McCracken dude, uh, Angus McGillicuddy. <laughs> no, what is his real last name? <laughs> McGuire. McGuire. Yeah. I was going to guess Angus McGuire, but since two other guys guessed it, I thought, well. Show me the spoon. <laughs> I'll take a shot at Flaming Carrot, but uh, shoot and a miss. So uh, would it surprise you to know that the only cow to escape got its own series? <laughs> oh. And if you read uh, the first two pages of the next issue, you discover that it has uh, developed a taste for man flesh and it has a healthy appetite for justice. And so it gets its own series called, yeah, Man Eating Cow. Oh, so they decided to milk that property. Oh, <laughs> hey. Ooh. I like what you did there. I like what you did there. <laughs> Delva gave me a look. I think he thought it was utter nonsense. <laughs> oh, uh, well, I'm streaming <laughs> well, stream choke you. 
But yeah, it uh, the trigger men from this episode uh, follow the tick to Arthur's house, set up snipers across from their apartment building and start shooting at them. And the tick just stands in a hole in the wall going, why are you shooting at me? Meanwhile, bullets are tinging off his teeth and uh, everything else. And eventually they pull out a giant cannon, but they are foiled as the cow comes up behind them and devours them in the, in the story of justice. And that is how the man-eating cow becomes a tick uh, spinoff character. But anyway. Wow. Yeah. Only on the tick. All right. Well, I guess I got to know who here. I mean, I'm guessing by the fact that none of you got the cow. Who here knows the tick in any way, shape or form? And who thinks I'm weird for bringing him on the show? Delvin, what do you think? Every time it starts with me, every time I've never read the book. <laughs> every time. <laughs> if, if, we, if we played a game much like Jared and Jason play match game, like I, I, it would be a high score for me here. No, I've never read a tick before. Of course, I've heard of the fictional character of the tick. Have not ever read a comic. Mm-hmm. Jason, how about you? I never read the comic, but I did watch the animated series. And um, I remember one of the animated series kind of followed the plot of this issue, which I, 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 I chuckled quite a bit as I was reading this and remembering that. I was familiar with the live action shows, but I don't think I ever watched the one with Patrick Warburton or the uh, whatever the most recent one was. Yeah. Just the animated series for me. Yeah. That was by far the best, in my opinion. But, you know, that's just my opinion. Pat, how about you, man? Are you a tech fan? No, I haven't read the comic before, so this is my first venture on that. Like Jason, just watched it here and there on the cartoons if it was on when I was going by. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I did watch the first season of the Prime Prime Video uh, Amazon series. So I like that. It was pretty good. Nice. I have to check that out. I hear it's good. Jared? You look like you would be the guy who would most likely run into tick things at yard sales because they did have a short run of toys. Are you familiar uh, with the tick? I would love to uh, find the tick toys at, at the yard sales, but so far all I've gotten is actual ticks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there are yard sales. Yeah. Yard sales are risky businesses. Yeah, they are. I don't know if it's yard sale in the time I've been spending with Mary Jane, but anyway. I am familiar with the cartoon. You taught me something today. I did not know that they were originally on Fox. I knew that from Comedy Central, which right. now I realize had probably picked it up and re-ran mm-hmm. <laughs> off of Fox. When uh, Delvin and I were in college, I, I liked catching the tick uh, on Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. That was a, a thing that I really enjoyed. So much like Jason, I know the cartoon. I've seen the full run. Well, full run. There wasn't a ton of episodes. I want to say there's like six or eight of the Patrick Warburton series. Mm. And I enjoyed those. I will give it up to them for the best renaming of a character ever. Although I truly love Deflator Mouse changing his name to Batman Well. Yes. And, and making him like Latino or Mexican or whatever it was. Downright hilarious. He ended up being like my favorite character of Batman Well. I thought that was just very clever. But anyway, long answer to say never read the comics, familiar with the cartoon and the Patrick Warburton show. Well, the cartoon is very much in the vein of the comics from the era that you read, down to the pseudo-Galactus picking up the tick, and the tick, like an actual tick, going around his body uh, and cleaning up things. Uh, That episode, for example, is from the comic. The issue that you read is obviously turned into an episode, as Jason said. So it goes back and forth. There's a lot of cross-pollination. Needing to fill it out and having other people to work with really forced Ben Englund to really flesh out the character and flesh out the universe more than the comics did. The comics were a lot of fun, but um, I think that the cartoon, I, sh- I, I shudder to say, might be the best iteration, but I absolutely love the comics. 
I have a follow-up question. I'm going to pull a Pat. He likes to ask questions to make the mm-hmm. shows longer. Uh, it's driving me nuts. I, I, I'm assuming you're more familiar with the cartoon, and maybe Jason can help. I remember watching one that I just thought was the funniest thing I'd ever seen, and it was because the Tick had a villain, and the villain had a roommate. Like he was sharing an apartment with a guy, and there was so much comedy to be had out of that. I just cannot remember. It, it, can you guys help me out on who that villain was? I don't remember Dang. that one. I remember the one where they had the little sidekicks club, and <laughs> Arthur was having to hang out with all the sidekicks, <laughs> little Chad and outside. Oh, it's driving me nuts. I don't remember Maybe the it was one. on the live action show, and I got it conflated or something. But anyway, that that one just always always made me laugh. I could have sworn it was a cartoon. Anyway, we can edit all that out. No big deal. Just was hoping you guys. Funny. Could help. Funny story. A long time ago, I had uh, in college, we had a giant framed picture of the sidekicks lounge door picture you know, uh, framed on the door to the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, it was it was a party popular because a lot of kids, you know, at college may have partaken in particular uh, substances and then watched the tick. So then when they came to our house to hang out for the party, they'd go, oh, my God, I know that. And it was just the weirdest reference Easter egg that I ever got at a party that random normies knew the toilet sign door in our house. Anyway, the tick, who knew? Guys, let's talk about this particular issue. Now, (laughs) mm, summarizing the tick can be a little bit like summarizing Big Trouble in Little China. It's like a kid on ADHD. So I've been been there for that with you. (laughs) We did that episode. Point point A, point B, point C, D, E, Z, keep going. Anyway, uh, the issue begins with the introduction of a new character, Angus McGuire. And I'm pretty sure this is his only appearance in the comic book, who is described as a pseudo sort of police detective. He's on the hunt for a villainous Bulgarian courier who's bringing stolen secrets from Austria into the city, which is the main location for the tick we then cut to our hero the tick as he shouts spoon at his dinner companion and sidekick arthur he then explains that it will be his battle cry going into the future before thanking arthur for cutting his hot dog so they look like little octopus he then thinking his meal needs pez bounds from the window and jumps rooftop to rooftop to find the nearest convenience store where there he encounters angus mcguire Recognizing a potential ally, Angus deputizes the Tick to help him on his mission, because no one else is. The two follow the courier to the Holiday Inn by the Interstate, where they discover a convention of some of the world's worst villains, describing themselves as bellhops by roughing them up. The Tick and Angus sneak into the party, being held by the villainous chair-faced Chippendale, whose head is literally a chair. A fight breaks out, and before long, our heroes are captured, and they're dropped into a pit filled with man-eating alligators and man-eating cows. Chairface reveals his master plan to use stolen laser technology to write his name on the moon large enough to be seen from Earth, the ultimate act of vandalism that will make his a household name. Like every other Bond movie ever, our heroes escape from their ridiculous death trap because the alligators and cows are natural enemies, don't you know? And after some trope-filled combat, The Tick gets the bad guys to surrender by picking up and pointing the ridiculously oversized laser at Chairface. It was in the post-battle wrap-up, when being thanked for helping, that the Tick remembers that this whole time he's left Arthur waiting at the dinner table. Guys, what did you think of this issue? Delvin, it's a little strange. What did you think? 
Jared and I in college watched what was supposedly this risky thing at the time. They advertised it that way. Uh, something like Jerry Springer Gone Wild mm-hmm. or something like that. And one of the guests on the show was talking about his girlfriend and was like, she's a nutty psycho. Nutty, nutty, nutty as hell. That's what I thought. <laughs> it, oh my god you got me wanting to go find that sound clip so you can edit it in. nutty 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 as hell i'm reading this and i'm like i'm reading about a mobster who has a chair for a head the hero is just talking about god knows what most of the time just scatterbraining all over the place and then there's this detective that's sort of trying to do this hard-boiled, serious thing that the tick really isn't allowing to happen. No. So I, I like the backstory that you gave. I didn't know that this was created by a high schooler who got an opportunity to develop it. I was aware that there was a show on Fox. I was aware that there was a cartoon, but I never paid attention really to any of it. So overall, I liked it. I absolutely have advocated for a place for these offbeat type comics because everything doesn't have to be so serious. It should be a little bit of humor and fun. And and that alone did perk me up because it was nice to see that type of comic book. There were some serious things that would happen in the book, kind of, sort of, but it never felt over the top, just heavy. It was lighthearted, random, whimsical. And so it was enjoyable. You're saying that reminded me of my favorite tick moment ever, which I think is issue four. Issue three is Night of a Million Trillion Ninjas. Issue four is Early Morning of a Million Trillion Ninjas. And at the very end of that, after he's vanquished the ninja franchise empire that's opening in the city, he's in the hospital. He's standing next to Arthur. Arthur says we should be buddies. And he's like, oh, you can be my sidekick. And somebody asks him to make a phone call and he reaches into his pocket and hands someone a quarter, which of course dates this, but then looks down, pulls out his pockets and says, pockets? I have pockets? Not realizing that the first four issues, his costume had pockets and he had money in them. (laughs) Anyway, that's the tick. Pat, how about you, man? What did you think? Well, I think you kind of said this word earlier on when you were describing it. So I'm just going to elaborate it with some other words around it. It's weirdly, wildly fun is what I'm going to call this one. I, like I said, never read this before. So getting into it, I'm looking at the page count and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. 30 some pages. Mm -hmm. Is Delvin, what did did Delvin pick this out? Hey, 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 (laughs) stop it. So I was like, okay, I'm in for a ride here and not knowing what to expect. And then I turned it, it's black and white. So I didn't, didn't know that either. I was, you know, I'm used to thinking it was colored as well. So uh, that kind of threw me off for a little bit. But going through and starting to read it, I kept turning the page, kept turning the page, kept turning the page. I'm like, you know what? This is going pretty quick. And I was really getting inv- involved into the story. The art was really good. I like the characters in this as well. The detective kind of like that aspect of it. I thought that was he was a pretty cool guy. And I would follow some of his stories around, just his mishaps of finding his way around is like, well, no one's responding back to me. And then you finally find out that no one has for like, what, they say like 30 years or 20 years or something. The 1950s. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, well, how is he getting money to pay for all this stuff and do what he's doing? But anyway, that's it's another story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As you say, that's another story. Yeah. 
you know, and just the tick himself, like you said, just his wild craziness that he'll just say whatever, whenever, and you go with it. And then you just, oh, just the characters surrounding him, all the villains mm-hmm. that are just kind of funny named, their names kind of match what they look like. And it just remind me of a, a rogues gallery of just really fun villains that I want to know more backstories on it. Well, it was- this is uh, Crusade Miss, and it, we couldn't go past uh, my favorite tick villain, Multiple Santa, which every time you hit Santa, he multiplies. And so, <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's it's very much like, what is it, Maddox from the, the X-Men, except Santa. So Maybe Maddox, yeah. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Well, uh, Jared, what do you think of this madness that I brought to your door? Much like everybody else, this book is zany. You know I reward zany. I'm a stag ground fan, for cripe's sake. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love Gru. I love Pat brought Usagi Jimbo. I like those offbeat things. So I like this. I I was predisposed to like it. And my main concern when I read it, I was like, I've never read a Tick comic. Is it going to be wildly different from my experience with the cartoon? Like Ninja Turtles, great example. You know, you read that Ninja Turtles 1, and it's got a lot of differences from the cartoon that most people grew up on. And no, it's like a seamless blend. I mean, I immediately recognized Tick. I immediately recognized Chairface. I immediately recognized the offbeat sense of humor. It ties so wonderfully into that great cartoon the, uh, Pat said the art was great. I mean, what a what a talented cartoonist to, to put together thirty pages of, of nice black and white, which led to the wonderful joke in the book about how that guy looked just like you. Well, he's clearly not just like me. He's red and I'm blue. It's a black and white comic, so they have <laughs> to look exactly alike. <laughs> that really sold that joke. I was like, that's very funny, and, and I laughed a few times. I will give my favorite silly tick award if we had that to when they were going through the names Angus McGinnis? Is that McGuire. Yeah. Angus McGuire's, McGuire. who's obviously a Dick Tracy. Mm-hmm. You know, Did you see the comic that he was looking <laughs> yeah, at? Yeah, he was, he was reading Dick Racy or something. Yeah. Or Racy, Racy Dick. Dick. <laughs> Racy Dick. I have a subscription. Never mind. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, my favorite bit is when they're going through his rogues gallery, which is so similar to Dick Tracy's with their, with you know, this and that. Then they had yeah. like, Guy who looks just like Peter Laurie. That was his name. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Just yes to all of this. Expect a lot of candy canes from me, and I think that leaves Jason. That brought me back when they had Peter Laurie in there. That brought me back to when we watched Casino Royale. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, that looks just like him. (laughs) Good eye, Pat. Good eye. For real, Jason. And so then that brought me back to... (laughs) I laughed. You got me. Jason, take three. I, I'm watching you, Pat. <laughs> I don't naturally gravitate towards the zany books. Not one that I normally read. Having said that, I enjoyed this one a lot. And in fact, I've found, like Jared brought, grew last Christmas or two Christmases ago. I'm kind of figuring out what I've been missing. The fellas talked a lot about some of the strengths of this book. There are some times I really just laughed out loud. The whole premise of it the villainous plot to really just pull a Banksy and just, yeah. <laughs> just put graffiti on the moon was just, I mean, it still cracks me up. One of the funniest lines, though, I thought was when Tick encounters Angus and Angus is, I don't really have a badge. And if I did, I'm not really sure my organization still exists. They haven't talked to me in 30 years, but I am a law enforcement guy, kind of, and I need your help. And Tick's like, Sounds legit to me. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> sign me up. Yep. I thought that was flat out hilarious. 
I thought it was actually pretty clever, the trap that Chairface put a bid where using the wire to tie them both together, Tick can't use his strength or else he crushes Angus uh, McGuire. So I was like, that's actually kind of clever. Yeah, there just were a couple really laugh out loud moments. And then I'll just echo what the folks have said about the art. The thing that I thought was the most striking and the strongest part of the art was just the way that the storytelling sequences, you could always tell what was going on. One panel set up the other, it set up mm-hmm. the other. Yeah. And it made, even though it was a long book, it made reading it very easy on the eyes. And I appreciated that. So all in all, strong book. Expect a lot of candy canes from me. Rock and roll, man. Rock and roll. Uh, and clearly, I love this. So, yeah. <laughs> I would like to quickly, I do want to have one note before I give any last recommendations and that's one last quiz anyone know for those of you who've watched cartoon or the live action series this does count for you what is arthur his sidekick what is he dressed like anyone anyone remember it's a moth moth yeah it's a moth because the running joke in the comic and and in the cartoon and i think also in the live action is that he looks like a rabbit but because he's got those really long ears, <laughs> he's like wearing the worst Playboy Bunny outfit ever. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Anyway, love it. Now it's time to rate your interest in The Tick using the Crusade Miss Candy Cane scale. On a scale of 1 to 12 candy canes, 12 being extremely interested and 1 being no interest at all, how many candy canes would you rate your interest in pursuing more issues of this title? I'm going to ask each one of you individually. And if I get any low answers, well, Grinch is going to come see you. Delvin, what do you think? What's what's low? <laughs> he gave you a asking, he's asking for a friend. Not happy. Not- <laughs> I, I'm just curious. I mean, I have to test boundaries here. It's like, was low like five or six? Or Listen here, buddy. I've listened to enough of your podcast to know when you're being contrarian to the other guys. So let's give an honest review of this one. What? That's every episode. That's every episode. <laughs> That's not my thing. Whatever. (laughs) I'm at nine candy canes for it. I enjoy offbeat. I enjoy, well, I enjoy good offbeat. Sometimes offbeat can be not funny, but if it's good, I enjoy it. And I kept reading the book and just having this quizzical look like, man, this is, this is some weird stuff, but not weird, bad. It was weird, good, weird, good offbeat. Plus me advocating for that type stuff lands me at a nine. Jason, how about you? Breaking it down into humor, heart, spectacle, and art. I'm giving the humor a full three. I laughed several times as I read this book. The heart's kind of the weakest point of this. I think I'm going to give it a one. A lot of humor that makes up for it, though. Spectacle, like I said, there's a, a lot of good action. Some some pretty clever uh, plot devices in there. And then art, as we talked about, very solid, good storytelling. So that gives us eight. And of course, I'm going to give it the enthusiasm points that you brought to it brought up a lot of good defense of your book. So I will match Delvin's nine. Boom. Love it. Pat, DJ, hit me. Hit me with your, uh, hit me with the score. What do you got, buddy? <laughs> Thanks for a lot for all the more information on this that you brought. That's what I like about when we do these episodes is because I learn a lot more as people are bringing things in. So it really opens up my mind. Again, kind of still something from you before is I do think this kind of comic for me, when reading through a stack or something during the week, this would be the one to go to to just kind of wash out all the rest of the stuff and just get some, you know, retake on the humor and fun. 
So it's definitely something that I would be looking for in the long boxes going forward now. Mm -hmm. uh, because I was a little leery on was like, oh, that tick, you know, he's a child, you know, it's funny. And uh, I don't really want to do that. But now that I know what it is. So with all that said, I'm going to give it a 10. I'm definitely going to search this out. If I see it, I will pick them up and grab them. Nice. Love to hear it. Loving these scores, guys. Jared, don't let the team down. Just saying. Well, let me answer your question of my candy canes with another question. Based off of the cursory internet research I've done while we've been chatting in the original 1988 run, is there 12 issues total? Yes, I believe so. Okay. But um, the issue that you read is technically part of that, and it was released in... 90. Uh, like you said, they, did, they didn't come out monthly. No, I got it. I'm only asking because I'm looking at this uh, full run on eBay and about to mm -hmm. click buy so that I could get it and send it directly to Omaha Bound to get hardbound, which is a nice way of saying I'm giving this 12 full candy canes. I love this. I'm going to buy it all and get it hardbound. That's the end of that story. Merry Christmas and God bless us, everyone. Wow. And it's wow, strong. That's fancy. Holy cow. Boom. Boom. Boom, indeed. Um, I... Is it bad that I'm going to say I'm going to give this one probably an 11? Yes. We, we mock all guests who give their own comic less than a 12. Is, is 11 a low number? <laughs> yes, it is. It's a very low number. I love this issue. Clearly, I chose it because it's fantastic. It is totally indicative of the Tick comic. For me, the Night of a Million Trillion Ninjas and early morning of a Million Trillion Ninjas, it had more heart because... Electra is wounded. She has to go to the hospital. Paul the Samurai is involved as a separate character. There's all sorts of like weird and wonderful things that are happening in that book that I literally cried laughing when I read it recently. And I had read it countless times before. So for me, that's the perfect 12. And this is almost it. And the fact that I can watch the cartoon of this issue is also amazing. I love the tick. But um, actually, weirdly, Jason saying the heart thing is what popped me off of 12 because I have read ticks that have the heart. And so for me, this issue is awesome. I love it. As Pat says, it is the perfect palate cleanser when you're reading some deeper, darker mm -hmm. other things. It's it's a great read. It's a lot of fun. In the late 90s, this series goes into some weird places. So uh, if you're listening to this, beware. Not all of them make this much sense. <laughs> okay, I'm going <laughs> to double back on the whole heart thing. Yeah, I know. The first 12 are great. They are Okay, great. well, this, this set I'm looking at comes with the first 12 and then 62 additional comics from the Tick universe after the first. 62? Yeah. I didn't even know there was that many Tick comics well, out there. That sounds about um, right. Yeah, there's a ton. I, I was shocked. Shocked. Mm -hmm. I say, there you go. She's that picture. That's all Tick oh, yeah. comics right there. Boom. Anyway. Yeah, if you are looking for Tick comics... A lot of mine did not survive various moves across the world because they were black and white and they were on cheaper paper because of New England Comics, the older run. But if you go to New England Comics, they do lots and lots of uh, compilation books, which is what I'm holding in my hand. Oh, nice. uh, And it has a bunch of different issues in it. They are relatively cheap. And uh, yeah, New England Comics, if you go check them out, they have a lot of stuff. I bought Tick posters. I bought Tick t-shirts. Uh, I've even bought Tick Happy Meal toys that, you know, they happen to be selling. It's just a lot of fun stuff, and I really, really do enjoy it. I do love that they had a Tick that you press down the torso, and you let it go, and he hops, uh, like jumping from building to building. But yeah, anyway, big fan. Love it. New England Comics, check it out. And I'm not associated with them. <laughs> that we know of. All right. <laughs> Shh. 
Guys, look, I gotta say, just to repeat what I said before, I love the tick. I've always loved the tick. My wife and I joke that our dog is always trying to be the good boy. He's always trying to do the right thing. And for me, the tick is like that. He's not worried about complex moral issues. He's not worried about the gray. It's black and white. It's good versus evil. It's how to be good. And as the tick would say, probably gooder. And that's about it. And, you know, sometimes you just need that in your life with a little bit of strange metaphor thrown in and some really bizarre dialogue. It it puts a laugh on your face. It's cool. So, yeah, big fan of the tick. It goes in weird and wonderful places. I'd recommend it for everyone. It's got a villain with a chair for a head. (laughs) It's got a villain whose uh, sidekick's an entirely a giant human tongue. And the tick ends up uh, having his consciousness put into that and then stands there saying, I can taste everything. I can taste the floor. Also, Inedible Man's a good one where the guy says, that's a terrible superpower. Why are you not? And then Inedible Man sticks his fingers in the guy's mouth and said, try me. Again, (laughs) where else do you get villains like that? The Tick. Thank you. (laughs) No, Bradford, thank you. That will wrap up day seven of the 12 Days of Crusadeness. We'd love to hear from you if you're familiar with any of the comics we cover here on the show. Or if you give one of our recommendations a try, let us know what you think about it. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Longbox Crusade. Email is contact at longboxcrusade.com. And if you want to hear more from our special guests, Brad, please tell us where they can find you on our internet. If you go to Facebook and you search up Cast Dice, that's C-A-S-T-D-I-C-E, Go to any of your usual podcatchers to look for the Cast Dice podcast. It's usually about tabletop gaming, but I have recently done one on uh, the UK version of G.I. Joe Action Force with some pretty cool special guests. Of course, I've had uh, Jared on in the past, uh, and we've talked about Big Trouble in Little China. I've also had Jared and Pat on, and we've talked about the old TMNT comics. And Delvin, and we've talked about Transformers. Jason, we keep talking about this. One of these days, brother. I'm here. I'm here. Cast Dice, C-A-S-T-D-I-C-E. And thank you again for having me on. It's always a pleasure. And if you're loving Crusademus and didn't get a chance to listen last year, or you just want to hear more of Crusademus, if you scroll back far enough in your feed, you can find all the episodes from Crusademus past 2019, 2018, or even 2017. Guys, thanks for listening. Be sure to come back tomorrow to find out what the next gift is under the Christmas tree here in the festively decorated Longbox Crusade Studios. Until then, DJ Cristatos, play one of my favorite Christmas jams. Wicked, 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 wicked.
All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. Jason here, and I legitimately don't know who's it's running me, this. right? I was, <laughs> yeah, I was running. I was running, I too. I'm like, oh, say, crap, I, is it me? I hope it's I not me. Because <laughs> I just had that frozen moment like a I, I pull a B all the time. <laughs> I just call it B and B. I was thinking stuff. it couldn't be Jason for the last one we did. It was Jason just assumed it was him. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Let's go. I'm looking for the script. Where's the script? Uh, uh, it's on your computer. Oh, okay. Honestly, before we begin, who's read the tick before? Never well, read the we'll, comic. We'll reveal we'll that in the, in the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I kind of need to know because okay, it's I, one I, of those things that if you've never read. read the tick before, I think I threw you in the deep end of like weird <laughs> with this comic. Um, as long as we read the right one. Yeah. Number six. Sorry, just kidding. Yep. Number seven. That <laughs> yeah, was funny. I froze for it. I'm going to answer your question. Mister, I didn't read the book. Uh, oh, he listens to the shows. Damn it, he listens uh, to the shows. Yeah. <laughs> We're ready to get started. What yes, are you sir? eating? <laughs> I didn't get I didn't get dinner. I told you I was just leaving jujitsu. It's a professional. Jujitsu is code for Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> I got my black belt, which is code for Whopper. They get a black belt. <laughs> Double Whopper. Oh, no. black belt. Oh. Uh, as I said, guys, the tick. Uh, it's oh. kind of hard to. Before you give your last recommendation, yep. you got to do the candy canes. You're right. I skipped a section. Sorry. Oh, I read the script. Yeah, I look. I'm so proud of Delvin right now. He's like in charge. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> uh, all right, here we go. Um, Delete that, Pat. Don't let him use it. Dang it. He's going to have that audio file forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be his ringtone. <laughs> he'll, he'll put that as because he's editing these. He'll put that at each one. Uh, Delvin, you're so good. That's <laughs> my answer to everything when Delvin edits. <laughs> And, Hold and on, me. before you do that, I just want to say, every time you Sean Connery me, I'm like a deer in headlights. I don't know what to say. It happened the last time. It happened this time. I'm <laughs> like, I'm the show. That. Nobody does. <laughs> just, <laughs> just happens every time he shows up. We've, we've had folks like, <laughs> I think Van Plexico had a heart attack on the left. <laughs> <laughs> me? I don't know it's not just me. Oh, anyway, we got Sean ahead. Shenanigan. It's the new um, Rick Roll. <laughs> Never gonna give you a stop. Never gonna give you a stop. I'm stopping myself. Go on mute. <laughs> stop it. All of you. 